Welcome back to Spare No Arrows. My name is Cody Lawrence, and this is the show where you can get unfiltered, uncensored truth from a biblical perspective. That is, unless, speaking of censorship, I'm quoting from Kevin DeYoung, like I did in the last episode, because that guy has some pretty spicy language. Sometimes I hear he doesn't even use asterisks in his words. You can watch the last episode to uh, figure out what I'm talking about. But that's neither here nor there. In this episode, we're going to be talking about Christmas. Is Christmas a pagan holiday or is it a Christian holiday? Is it okay to celebrate? Is it not okay to celebrate? I specifically want to focus in on a, a particular argument against the view that Christmas is a pagan holiday or uh, more specifically the fact that we should not be celebrating Christmas. I disagree with that. I think it's totally fine. I think it's biblical and I think it's good to celebrate Christmas. Um, I think it's totally permissible. And so if you're celebrating Christmas, the TLDR is that you can continue celebrating it. But in this time of year, when forefront on so many people's minds is how they just want to ruin everybody else's fun and tell them that they can't celebrate uh, one of the most fun and Christ-honoring holidays of the entire year, uh, you can be equipped to answer those those objections in what I think is a a pretty clever way. And so before we get into the, you know, discussing the argument itself, uh, I want to show you a strategy that I use for uh, being involved in certain conversations and certain arguments, uh, talking to people that I disagree with about certain things. And so the strategy that I like to use that you can apply to many different things whenever this comes up is it it doesn't have a name or anything. Uh, The closest thing I imagine is I is the taking the roof off tactic from the book tactics if you haven't read tactics I highly highly recommend it but let me apply that to the to a discussion about abortion you hear people all the time uh, some sometimes Christians do this but most of the time non-christians do this as a way to uh, try to find some moral ground with Christians uh, to get us to like slowly, go over to the side of abortion and it's been effective. And so I'm going to teach you how to absolutely destroy it and then show you how that we can also apply the same uh, counter argument to the Christmas issue. So here's what happens. People who are pro-abortion, they ask a Christian, uh, you know, the, the Christian is, is, should be of the position that abortion is murder. Uh, it's never okay under any circumstance whatsoever. The pro-abortionist may respond. I'm sure you've heard this kind of thing before. They may respond with something like, but abortion, uh, but what about abortion in the case of rape and incest? Rape and incest is terrible. It's not the mother's fault. If she doesn't want to have a baby, then, you know, she should be able to choose otherwise. And, you know, one of the Christian's primary arguments for, um, I mean, against abortion is is kind of this this foundational principle that well women get to choose and if they make the terrible choice to um, have sex outside of marriage and they end up having a baby then well yeah you're stuck with it you know you made your choice but the uh, the the fact like rape and incest um, well specifically rape 
she doesn't have a choice. The, the choice is taken away. And so that that might be kind of uh, attractive, that kind of argument to, to pull Christians away from the, um, the, the anti-abortion position. But in reality, we know that murder is, like I said, always wrong. And so, yes, even in the, the case of rape and incest, abortion is still wrong. And that is something that we should have courage to put our feet down on um, and draw a line and say, nope, can't. I mean, doesn't matter. However, I think a valuable tool that we can use in this argument against pro-abortionists, I promise I'm going to get to Christmas in a second, (laughs) is a tool that we can use is in certain kinds of arguments. You can't do this all the time, but but you have to think through, you know, when are appropriate times to do this. In certain arguments, I think it's valuable to be able to concede certain points to the enemy. Because what the pro-abortionist is trying to do is ultimately create cracks in your theology or in your argument so that then they can um, make those cracks bigger and open them up until the whole wall falls. And so their goal is not for you to, yeah, still be okay uh, or, or still be against abortion except for rape and incest. No, their goal is for you eventually to be totally pro-abortion. And that is the first step in their argument to get you there. And so I think we can take this opportunity in this specific situation to turn it around on them and say, now, yeah, I I actually disagree. I think that uh, abortion should still be illegal in the case of rape and incest. I think it should still be treated as murder uh, for anybody who participates. But... Mr. or Mrs. Well, probably not Mrs. Miss (laughs) pro-abortionist. What would you say if we were like, yeah, cool, let's illegalize all abortion, treat it as murder with the death penalty for in every case except for rape and incest. So give it to them. Give to them rape and incest and say, cool, all right, let's illegalize abortion except for rape and incest. Are you cool with that? In... 99.99% of cases, they're going to say, well, no, actually, I'm I'm not okay with that. There's, you know, abortion is a woman's right, you know, whatever. And where the conversation goes after that, that is the real core of the conversation. That is the thing that you should actually be getting at. And so I, I love approaching conversations with pro-abortion people uh, in that way concede to them part of their argument in order to show them the inconsistency in their argument which is actually exactly what they're trying to do with us whenever they use that they're trying to point out an inconsistency if our in our argument if we give them the rape and incest and say like well yeah okay yeah you're you're probably right and we're sincere about giving that to them then we've lost but like I said, instead, instead of sincerely giving it to them, we can just give it to them as a thought experiment and say, I still disagree with this, but let's just say this was true. Does that make your argument or, or do, are you actually okay with this? <laughs> so how does that apply apply to Christmas? <clears throat> so here's the argument about, uh, you know, the fact that Christmas is pagan. Basically what people say is, uh, and, and you've probably heard this before, um, usually it's not, it's not formulated in a you know, a syllogism or anything like that, but it's it's something like Christmas is a pagan holiday. It's got these pagan roots. It has these pagan components like, 
you know, wreaths are pagan and Yule logs and, you know, the Yule tide, that's pagan. And, you know, it's on, it's near the winter solstice and that's pagan. So there's all these pagan elements. And so, uh, you know, Christmas trees, that's pagan. And it essentially has all of these pagan things that we've just mashed together and we just stick a Christian label on it, but it's still just pagan. And so the argument is, all you're doing is actually just worshiping a pagan holiday. You know, it's like, it's like um, the same argument that people use for Halloween, where, you know, Christians can't, you know, you shouldn't be dressing up in costumes, whatever, Uh, (laughs) except I think an interesting approach to this argument is to concede to them, what if, what if, instead of saying, no, Christmas is not pagan and here's why, consider conceding to them and say, okay, what if Christmas was pagan? Now, I am coming from the perspective of a person who believes that Christmas is not pagan at its roots. In fact, James White is coming to my church for a lecture just in a couple days to explain the uh, the the historicity of Christmas as a Christian holiday <laughs> and how a lot of pagans have have kind of co-opted Christmas uh, the other way instead of instead of Christmas like co-opting the pagan holidays. And so I can come at you next week once I'm fully educated with with an uh, a solid argument as to why Christmas actually is not pagan but for now I just want you to consider this interesting argument I think <clears throat> to argue that Christmas is not pagan like you know we have the evidence on our side but if we could somehow develop some kind of logical inconsistency in their own argument if we could if we could point out some kind of flaw in their argument then we can destroy their argument first and then replace it with the truth of the fact that Christmas is actually a Christian holiday and it's good to celebrate. <clears throat> because often what I find in in arguments where both sides have some level of evidence, then your evidence just fights each other, you know? Uh, like, well, no, well, my evidence says this, and then, oh, no, well, my evidence says this, and then you go back and forth, and I, I just find those to be really difficult conversations to have. But if you first destroy any semblance of evidence they might have and then show them your evidence, then it then their evidence doesn't matter anymore. And so I think that's just a more effective way to approach the conversation. Uh, hopefully that makes sense. So so let's go on. Let's just hypothetically concede, okay, what if Christmas was originally a pagan holiday? What if? Do you know which days on the calendar that pagans claim? Which days on the calendar do pagans claim? Is it only December 25th? Well, no, it's it's all of them. Pagans believe that the calendar is theirs. In fact, our days of the week and our months are like named after a lot of them are uh, like, you know, mythological deities and stuff. So even the the days of the week like thursday is thor's day that so like can we not do anything on thursday <laughs> i'm i'm getting ahead of myself <laughs> i'll get there but the point is pagans actually claim every day of the calendar not just christmas now let's look at it the opposite way how many days of the year do pagans say 
yeah, that's that's actually God's day, and so we're going to stay away from that. Like Sundays, we can't do any pagan stuff on Sundays because we know that's God's day. And so we're going to stay away from Sundays. Christians, that's yours. You can have Sundays. We're just going to take the rest of the week. Do pagans do that? Is that a, a great pagan tradition of uh, conceding to Christians their holy days? <laughs> I mean, that is unless you're the kind of Christian who doesn't believe it, you know, believe in the Sabbath or whatever, uh, if it's if it's on Saturday or Sunday. But the point is, Christians have holy days. Uh, pagans have holy days. Christians claim, or we should be claiming, the whole calendar because God claims the whole calendar because we recognize that the calendar is God's. Every day of the week, every day of the year is God's. Pagans don't say, whoa, we got to stay away from claiming December 25th because that's a Christian day or oh, we got to stay away from claiming Sundays because that's a Christian day. So why do we do that? Isn't that pretty cowardly? Pagans have more, you know, if, if we're like, oh, whoa, that's that's a pagan holiday. We should not. Do you think pagans fight amongst themselves and say, hey, this is a Christian holiday. We cannot allow you, you other pagan, to worship on this Christian holiday because that destroys the sanctity of our holiday. Uh, I imagine what they would want to do. You know, if, if I were trying to take over the world for my religion, which I am, <laughs> what I would want to do is to say, no, let's let's do worship on those other days. Let's take the holiest day and let's make that ours. That's what I would do. And that's exactly what pagans do. And so why don't we do that as Christians? Consider this. All days belong to God. All of them. And so why would we be afraid of pagans when they're not afraid of us? Why would we be afraid of the days that pagans claim? Why would we be afraid of the things that pagans use? If it's even true that they use them, which I don't, you know, I'm not convinced that it is uh, in, in every case. Let's just say, okay, maybe pagans used trees for things in the past. Does that mean that we cannot use trees? This table is made of wood. Does that mean that I cannot, like, I'm a Christian, I'm a faithful Christian, I'm not allowed to use this table because pagans have done things with trees in the past. <laughs> people, just because people worship trees, does that mean I can't, I can't use trees myself for righteous purposes? The tradition of a Christmas tree to, look, nobody worships a Christmas tree. Uh, I mean, no Christian does. No Christian worships a Christmas tree. Uh, if if Christians were actually tuned into the to the um, symbolism of a Christmas tree, what they would know or or what they could you know invent themselves is a way for them to you know think of the Trinity. Like maybe the Christmas tree has three points. This is what uh, the legend of Saint Boniface says. He he chose an evergreen and said we can use this this evergreen tree as a symbol of the Trinity to remember uh, God. John Calvin, I think it was John Calvin, he created the idea of putting lights on Christmas trees, little candles, because God is the light of the world. 
right? And so we can incorporate all of this Christian symbolism into trees. Uh, the, the, to Christians who think having a Christmas tree is wrong, having symbols to help you know remind us about God is wrong, is uh, the symbol of the cross wrong? In the Bible, they actually used the symbol of the cross. Is the symbol of the fish wrong? I'm not talking about um, images of saints here or anything. I'm just talking about the symbol of the cross, a tree, a you know, a, a Jesus fish on the back of your car, whatever. Are those things okay? <laughs> Are those things all right to do? Or should we not be doing that either? Should Christians be staying home every day of the week except for Sunday because all of the other days of the week are pagan? Should Christians not do anything on any day that pagans have claimed? You know, in fact, pagans claim Sundays, so don't go to church. Churches are made of wood, bucko. You should stop going to church immediately if you think that we should not have Christmas trees in our house. <laughs> Wreaths, uh, supposedly, also in this in this um, legend of St. Boniface, he chopped down this, this tree to Thor, and out of the branches of the tree, he fashioned wreaths to remind people of God's supremacy over idols, over fake gods like Thor. And so things like wreaths and Christmas trees and lights on the trees and lights on our houses and, uh, you know, nativity scenes and all the rest, I think are beautiful things that can not only remind us of what's really important in Christmas, but also um, like remind other people and, um, you know, it's like it's cool when, an, when a whole neighborhood is has Christmas lights because, you know, we celebrate Christmas in our world, not because it's a pagan holiday, but because it's a Christmas holiday or it's a Christian holiday. Christmas is as popular as it is. Guess why? Because of Christianity. And so if we celebrate Christmas, that could actually help contribute to spreading the gospel to more people around the holiday season. And uh, to me, that that sounds like an awesome thing to do. And on top of all that, I think it is a Christian's job or, or it is the job of the church, the universal church, to take every pagan thing and Christianize it. Well, that sounds very Christian nationalist of you. It is. Uh, but it's also biblical. This has nothing to do with Christian nationalism. This just has something to do with the Bible. Go forth and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We also know that Jesus, uh, along with his resurrection and ascension, has made everything clean. Christians aren't banned from eating certain kinds of foods. We're not banned from having potted plants in our houses. We're not banned from having, um, you know whatever other like indoor plants you have. And so why would we be banned for having a pine tree in our houses? We're not. We're not. It's okay to have a pine tree on your house. It's okay to have some branches hanging on your door. If you're worshiping it, or if it is a an intentional symbol of some kind of false god, then that is idolatry. But uh, I have a wreath on my door, and that's I'm not worshiping it. It's not a symbol of a false god. It is a symbol of Christ's supremacy over idols. That's how I view it. The Christmas tree is the sign of the Trinity. The lights on our house is a sign that Jesus Christ is the light of the world. On my car, I have a sticker that says Christ is Lord. All of these things are connected. <laughs> And here's another thing that I think not a lot of Christians understand. 
in the Old Testament, leaven was a bad thing. The Jews were supposed to stay away from leaven, from uh, unclean things, because the unclean things would corrupt the clean things. The unclean things would make the clean things unclean. And so if you touch some unclean thing, you're unclean, and you have to go through these rituals of purification or whatever to purify yourself and make yourself clean before God. But in the New Testament, uh, something shifted there was a significant shift where instead of if you touch a dead person, the dead person makes you clean, Jesus would touch a dead person and that person would come back to life. And Jesus, I'm not, you know, I'm not charismatic here. I don't think people can, you know, zap, zap people and bring them back to life uh, anymore. Uh, God, God can do that, but, you know, people willy nilly just can't. They don't have the power of healing anymore. But What is true is that Christians still, through the power of the Holy Spirit that is within them, make unclean things clean. No longer do unclean things make the clean things unclean. So we are not made unclean by the world. Our responsibility and the the power that God has given Christians is to make the world clean before God's people were supposed to separate themselves from the world, but now we are supposed to be the ones who are infecting the world. Before the world would infect us, now we are the ones who are supposed to be infecting the world, but in a good way. We are the ones who are supposed to be leavening the whole lump until the knowledge of the of God fills the earth. So that's that's how Christianity works. We are not corrupted by the world now of course the world can corrupt christians but the power of the gospel the power of god that exists in the world right now is a force that will take over the whole world it is not a force that will be taken over it is the leaven that will work through the whole lump until everything's complete so with that said applied to this idea of christmas yeah, let's just say Christmas is a pagan holiday. Then it's even more our duty to celebrate it. So you can ask uh, the, the person who says, well, Christmas is a pagan holiday. You can ask them questions like, so what days do pagans claim? Well, the answer is they claim all of them. Pagans claim every day of the calendar. So which which days is it okay for us to do stuff on? <laughs> which days is it okay for us to celebrate our Lord? If pagans do something on some random Sunday, should we not go to church that day because we wouldn't want to accidentally be worshiping their gods? No. We worship our God on their holy days and we turn them into our holy days because every day is the Lord's day. You know, Sundays are a special day, but every day is God's. And ultimately, you know, every every day of the calendar should be days that the whole world recognizes as, yeah, that's God's day. And not just, not just uh, you know, s- small random churches here or there, but like, you know, the world one day will be full of Christians. Um, the gospel will be spread to all nations and people will realize, oh yeah, the world is God's. The calendar is God's. Uh, evergreen trees are gods oak trees are gods wreaths wreaths are gods those lights that you put on your house that's gods too 
And so whatever you do, do it for the glory of God, including those Christmas trees. And know that everything's clean. It's okay for you to do that. It's okay for you to put a Christmas tree up in your house. It's okay to put a wreath. It's okay to do the nativity scene, I guess, depending on your uh, your perspective on the second. Is it the second commandment? Yeah. So anyway, hopefully that was interesting and edifying. And um, yeah, just think about different situations where you can grant people certain kinds of arguments to create cracks in their view so that you can swoop in and, you know, replace it with the truth. Because I think that's a, a really effective way to argue. All right. I have special announcement. Uh, I realized that I didn't have my Patreon link in the in the comments. And so I fixed that. I've asked for Patreons uh, a handful of times. I try not to do it too often. But if you want to support the show, you can now click the link in the comments and it will actually take you to Patreon. God bless. I will catch you next time. And Merry Christmas. Thank you.